Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey fellow Warzone listeners, my name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on today's show, that's right, more Dynasty Camp News and the new trade show preview. But if you're watching this live on YouTube or on Twitter, uh, the man of the hour and the man with the power is still figuring out his work schedule and life in Iowa. But I am not alone. I have good friend of not only me, but of Jerry and the Dynasty Warzone all together. His name is Dan Williamson. You can follow him on Twitter at Overhyped Sleeper. Drop the last E in Sleeper. And he is the co-host of the Goat District podcast. You can find that on, well, wherever you find this podcast, as, as well as YouTube and all the social medias. Now, if you don't know Dan, Dan is a, a very high-stakes player. We'll let him tell you about that in a second. Um, he's a Baylor alum and fan, and he's a, the mostly an uncomplicated fella. Dan, welcome back to the show, man. How you been? I've been good. It's uh, it's good to get back on here. I appreciate the uh, the invite. It's uh, it's been too long since we've uh, gotten together and uh, chopped it up a little bit. So happy to be here. It, it is, and uh, it's very early for the baseball reference of the show. But there's a small bullpen of guys that I lean on when Jerry's unavailable, and Dan's always at the top of the list. Like it's like a crapshoot. I'm like. Because the guys at the Goat District are killing the content right now. If you now, I've said this before. I've tweeted this before. I wish I could find the joy in best ball that these guys do. Uh, it's not the stakes that bother me. It's just the. It, it's not my bag, if you will. And these guys are crushing high stakes content right now. Redraft content right now. We just came out of one of the biggest redraft weekends of the year. Coming into the second biggest redraft weekend of the year and Dan what else have you guys been doing over at the goat district yeah we've been uh we've been doing a little bit of everything I mean right now we're more focused on the uh without a doubt the redraft and best ball um primarily uh redraft right now is uh you know all every everybody's drafting their home leagues uh you know all the the various national contests that are doing their things or you know they're they're in heavy draft season right now so that's been our main focus 
but we've we've had a lot of big hitters on um high stakes guys who have you know won national contests um you know like nelson sousa uh we had uh chad schroeder on he's won uh like three million dollars conservatively playing fantasy football uh, you know just a little bit of money uh we had uh, uh pat crane from uh nbc sports edge and we have uh Dwayne McFarlane coming up from uh, PFF. And I know that we're getting late in the redraft season, but I know that you guys have a promo code with Underdog as best ballers. Can you tell us a little bit about that for those of the uh, the Dynasty Warzone people that maybe haven't joined Underdog and want to uh, give their hand a whirl at some, some best ball? Yeah, so um... – you can do uh, on Underdog. Uh, our code is District, and I believe that will give you a uh, hundred dollars um, in free, uh, you know, in, in free uh, Underdog bucks. So you can you can spend it however you want. You can draft uh, four of their uh, Best Ball Mania threes, or the next time they open up one of their um, their little three dollar drafts, you can do uh, let's see, thirty three of those. So uh, you can spend that hundred dollars any way you want. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a match up to a hundred bucks. So you deposit a hundred, they'll match you a hundred. That give you two hundred, and you can actually get in all sorts of trouble on underdog. Plus, they're uh, over under games. Uh, you know, you you get a parlay of those together. So make sure if you're going to do any underdog work, um, support our friends. Use the code district over at underdog and uh, help out our boys. But uh, Dan, now normally this is the part of the show where I go good people, bad tweets. And it's really a bummer because Dan is an old school, keeps it honest. He, he, he would tell you how it is. I've scoured the internet for two damn days, Dan, looking for a good person with a bad tweet, but uh, they, they've mostly tightened them up. <laughs> That's what, amazing. What, what are you going to do? I mean, it's Twitter for the love of God. I mean, right. I, I, thought, I thought a simple search of the name, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but I thought a simple search of the name Isaiah Likely would have generated plenty. Um, you know, but before we get into to anything else, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the the promoting and all that later in the show. But what was your takeaway with, I'll give you two tight ends to start with. Obviously, one uh, is Kyle Pitts. We'll go to him second. But Isaiah Likely, what was your takeaway from, from that game on, I guess it was Sunday night football against the Cards? I mean, for me, it was a little bit eye-opening. I think uh, I, I think I was personally a little bit blinded uh, to likely. I just, I didn't like, um, you know, I, I, I liked what he did in college. Um, he did not measure out well at the combine, uh, which is something I found it usually is pretty important for tight ends. It's not a hundred percent, but it, it usually is. And then, uh, you know, going in uh, to Baltimore behind Mark Andrews, uh, you know, I, I kind of figured that what they were planning to do was, use more of a, you know, if they're going to run 12 personnel, they're going to be using, um, you know, their blocking tight ends more along with Andrews. And it, it, it may turn out that what they're going to do is use likely and Andrews on the field at the same time. Uh, in which case uh, that makes them quite intriguing. So uh, I'm, I'm late to the party, but uh, I, I got here nonetheless. Yeah. This is one where I, you know, would like to say I could, I'd take a victory lap, but I was actually just sharing the work of a friend of mine. He, he's not much of a Twitter guy. He's actually an Instagram follow. And it's at purple underscore army. And great guy. Uh, used to work with him years ago. Just a huge, huge Ravens fan. And he's always 
on his story on Instagram, he's always posting Raven stuff. And he's like, we're really going to use him in 12 personnel. He started sharing some beat reporter comments about him from OTAs and minicamp. That's why I recommended him on this show a couple of months ago. This is not for me to take a victory lap and, you know, say how smart I am. It's just that even as dynasty gamers, you never know where the, the good information is going to come from. That's why I recommend on your Twitter feed is you follow all these beat reporters and accounts that focus on these teams because they're going to give you the nuggets. You know, um, I'm a little disappointed in myself, and we'll talk. I want to get your thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco, but I missed that one. You know, I missed him during the draft process. He was a seventh-rounder, not a big deal. What You know, wasn't a, a stat monster or highly thought of, and then all of a sudden his, his, his value is through the roof. So make sure you're leveraging those those you know, information sources. It's not always Twitter. It's not always podcast. It's not always um, anything. You know, the, the good information comes anywhere. So um, that, that was, I guess, good people, bad tweets. Um, wish I had more for you. Uh, but that's brought to you by our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We are starting Patreon 16. It'll be our last league going into the regular season. Um, we're doing some seasonal leagues, Dan. We're doing our – it's a redraft. It's, it's it's a tag team, so you have to pair up with a, with a patron, um, someone that you primarily, you know, maybe not really met or interact, interacted with a lot in the group chat, and you form a tag team, and then you draft together. Uh, we My team, we came up with a lot of rookies. It, we didn't start that way, but we wound up with Brees Hall, James Cook, Pacheco, I mean, we have all the rookie running backs. So uh, he wanted Kyle Pitts. That's that. Uh, that's that trade-off, Dan. W- w- where are you at with all these rookies? Are we even going to have a shot? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing that I always struggle with too. I mean, you know, any of us who who do a lot of dynasty football, when we get into redraft, I mean, we just you know we we love those rookies. We've been talking about them all year. Everything else. So uh, you know, I, I I think sometimes we tend to be a little bit over optimistic, but um, I, I think there are going to be a few rookies that end up mattering. And uh, Pacheco is most likely going to be one of those. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But, um, I, you know, and we just talked about Isaiah Likely. I think he's another one who might possibly, uh, you know, but there's there's a lot of guys that can definitely help you out a little bit. Yeah, we have uh, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. Now, in fairness, we did draft Walker before the uh, the the hernia news came out. James Cook. Uh, we got my guy. So this 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 show is going to be all over the place. We will talk trades at the end. Um, Naheem Hines, if uh, I had to do a my guy for 2022, it's Naheem Hines. The last time that he had a quarterback that was a uh, as mobile as a as a bar stool back there, he had a an RB15 season. And I'll take it. That was even with Jonathan Taylor having the RB6 season that year. So I am here for it. But these are the kind of things we're doing over at our patron. Um, we're doing one-on-one helps, uh, turning those into podcasts for the patrons. And it's still five bucks a month. It's not like a, a get rich quick. quick. Uh, I'm waiting for Jerry to start his own OnlyFans. Um, last I heard, he's banking he's banking footage. And he'll launch that soon. That's for profit. I want to just be very straight with you. But the, uh, the Patreon, you know, that's just how we keep the show going. Pays for the streaming service, does a lot of the stuff behind the scenes that makes the uh, the show a, a break even for us. So if you want to support the show and play in some leagues with me and Jerry and all the guys from the DWZ, 
as well as be in a really good group chat and get some bonus content, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Dan, we're, we're kind of already talking about it. Um, you know, the camp news is coming out fast and, and, and quick. We'll just bounce around everywhere. Uh, we just mentioned Brees Hall. Uh, now, Monday night, they played the lowly Atlanta Falcons. They did not play their starters, but uh, Brees Hall came in with the second team. But if the starters didn't play, wouldn't that have made it the third team? Question mark? What What did Monday night's game do for you as a guy who's been drafting, I'm sure, a lot of Brees Hall in these uh, high-stakes best ball leagues? And from, from a dynasty standpoint, we love him, right? He's young. He's super athletic. He's super talented. Uh, should be a lot of opportunity for him to do good things. But from a 2022 season, are we in for a, a bumpy ride with, well, with Mr. Hall? It, I'll, I'll tell you, I have almost no Brees Hall in my redraft portfolio uh, for exactly that reason. He's He's been a little bit overheated and uh, the, the redraft, he's going in uh, basically the late fourth, early fifth round. And there are just, you know, there, there are players there that you can get that are going to do a lot better than I think Hall will do this year. Now, he could come out, you know, he could come on like gangbusters down the stretch, but I think it's going to be a, a, a slow start for him. Yeah, uh, but, but from a dynasty standpoint, which is what we primarily cover, if this in any way drives his value down, that that's that's the difference between dynasty and redraft. If if you're in a dynasty league, especially if you're a uh, like in a partial rebuild, or maybe you did productive struggle in your startup, and you're a year away from being a year away, that's going to be a great opportunity to move. Like after a week or two, to try to move a, a guy going into believe it or not, I believe it's their sixth year. If you're Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That's a great opportunity to move one of those veterans. Again, if you're not contending, if you're in that productive struggle, somehow you wound up with those guys on your roster. It's a great opportunity to flip those guys and maybe even get some plus back in a dynasty league that will really help your your rebuilding or your productive struggle efforts. Is that something that you would uh, co-sign on, Dan? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know that that's exactly how you want to play it. Uh, you want to you want to sell those guys before everybody is off of them, and uh, Brees Hall is a perfect kind of player to target. And I know it's uh, dynasty dogma, if you will, but you're getting ready to get about a. You know, you're a week away, maybe two weeks away. I, I guess as, as the recording of this show from setting an actual lineup. This is where your, your your league mates actually have to put submit, unless it's a best ball dynasty, you actually have to hit submit on a roster. And now's a great time. You're never going to get better value for your veterans. So if if you want to cash out, again, um, wide receivers, or, you know, right around that that age apex, that the Tyreek Hills, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, I think Devontae Adams kind of had this last year. You're never going to get more because one thing I think we've all been guilty of this, Dan. I'll, I'll ask you in just a second. We've all been guilty of we're supposed to be a year away. We're supposed to be in the middle of a productive struggle, but we get off to a hot start. Our competitive nature kicks in, and all of a sudden we are ready to move some of those young assets so we can go out and compete. And it happens a lot. Uh, I've gotten better about it with age in the dynasty space, but you're never going to get more for those veterans than you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And um, it, it, as you said, 
this is something you don't really want to do in the middle of the season, start trading away your young guys just because you happen to be close. I mean, if your young guys have gotten you that close, they might take you right over the, you know, into the playoffs. And once you get there, then you've got a chance. But uh, trying to to buy older productive players to put you over the hump, it just hasn't worked as well as I would have hoped it would have worked any time I've tried it. So I'm I, I'm like you. I'm I'm trying to keep myself away from that every year. Yeah, and, and another thing you can leverage you can't do it quite yet. And don't try it on Saturdays. This sounds crazy, but never try to trade four rookie picks on Saturdays because you're watching. Bijan is it Bijan Robinson out of out of Texas and, and your watch they're like no I'm going to need those but like on Tuesday after they just won and they, they they were supposed to be two and four but they're four and two in their dynasty league that's when that first may be a little bit they, they might feel like well it's just going to be a late first anyway it's expendable you know what I, I I'll give you a late first for whatever you know, now's the opportunity. This is the one thing about trading, and that's going to be the focus of the show here in just a bit. But people too often trade without a, a, a plan. Uh, Dan and I have a good friend. He's in lots of leagues with Dan and I. His name rhymes with Nate. And sometimes <laughs> Nate likes to just trade for the sake of trading. Was Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would definitely say that, and I think he would agree with you. And, and, and for him, in fairness, he understands that the average league dues are 50 bucks, and that's about half a night out for him and the wife, you know, if you're going for a moderate evening out. So he does see his dynasty leagues as a form of entertainment. Now, when I trade, if I'm trying to build dynasties, I have to look at the, the roster that I'm trading. And what's my intent? What's my plan here? And I don't get crazy and I don't deviate from the plan based off of a short sample size. Anyone can come out super hot and... Too often we, we've made those trades and made those mistakes and then look back at the end of the season and, and, and you're hanging on to a couple of guys you can't recoup anywhere near what you paid for them. So, so just keep your powder dry as it relates to your, your young players. And by young, I mean three years or less and your picks. That is your future. That is what you're building around. Dan, we've already talked about Isaiah uh, Likely. Let's jump into another guy that uh, I, I think he's still cheap. And I think he may be worth a buy, and that's Brian Ford. He has uh, – is it is – it, um, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. Thank you. I don't know where yep. I got Ford. Um, Brian Robinson is the guy with Antonio Gibson in Washington. Antonio Gibson repla- uh, kicking – doing kickoff duties, and Robinson came out and started. Dan, have you seen any crazy Brian Robinson news or trades? I have not. I've actually tried to trade for Brian Robinson um, a couple times. I've been uh, putting out like a, you know, a second plus, um, you know, an an interesting fellow rookie, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who I put it, who I put in the last one. Um, But, uh, you know, you're going to, whoever, whoever got Robinson probably spent a second on him, right? So you're going to need to do better than that to get them. So it's going to cost you two seconds. Um, you know, if you want to spend that much, if you can do like a second and a third, maybe throw in some other player. Uh, I th- oh, I think I did uh, a second plus uh, Hassan Haskins uh, was the deal I tried to make. And and uh, I haven't successfully done it yet, though. So the Robinson owners, owners are holding tight uh, so far in my experience. 
And I do want to apologize. I combined Jerome Ford and Brian Robinson and created the uh, the guy you cannot find in your uh, in your waiver wire, and that's Brian Ford. But Brian Robinson, yeah, th- that's the way you you make these deals. You try to give that GM a refund, right? They paid a second, maybe in in a super flex, maybe it was a late second, early third. You're giving them that pick back plus a sweetener. Let me ask you a question. This wasn't on the show sheet. Try to ca- catch you off guard. Isaiah Spiller or Brian Robinson for this season and, and long term. I think he, he was one I ranked higher, and uh, with with Robinson, I think he's good for this year. But I'm not sure how much uh, longevity he has. Yeah, I, I would still prefer Spiller. Uh, the news has come out that Joshua Kelly is going to be the the go to guy there if. if uh, if, if you believe the beat the beat reporters there in Los Angeles with the Chargers, but I'm still I'm still pursuing Isaiah Spiller. I think he's got a three down skill set. That's an offense I would much rather be attached to. And let's be honest, I, Austin Eckler not the healthiest dude around. We've seen guys like Justin Jackson have value in, in that scheme. So uh, I like both. I, I think this is a good buying opportunity on Antonio Gibson. Um, the problem is, is I, I think that too, too many of his current GMs are, you know, in that sunk cost, mm-hmm. you know, they're in, in the definite, and those who are wondering, I do have this on the show sheet. The definition of a sunk cost is a sunk cost, sometimes called a retrospective cost refers to an investment already incurred that cannot be recovered. So if you invested a first in Antonio Gibson, that is a cost you are not going to be able to to recoup. You're going to have to either take uh, a lower price buyout, or you're just going to have to wait till the news gets better and try to try to sell then. Um, I think he may be the most polarizing player I've seen this camp season. I'm trying to buy. Uh, no one wants to sell for a second, and I don't want to pay a first. Dan, what have you seen on Antonio Gibson in your dynasty leagues and and in the high stakes world as well, please? Yeah, so Gibson is, um, I own him in a, a couple leagues, and I am not selling right now. I'm just I'm just going to wait. Uh, my strategy is just hold. Better times are probably coming. You know, once, once the grind of the season starts, somebody is likely to get hurt, Washington or. Yep, I, I would agree. Next guy, before we get into a little bit of trades, uh, keep this one a little bit shorter this week. Um, Kenneth Walker. Um, had had a surgery. They're not calling it a, a hernia surgery. They're not calling it a core muscle strain surgery, but he's probably going to miss one to three games. Here's a guy that, you know, I'm going to keep the, the, the trade theme going. If, if there's a guy that I'm looking to acquire right now, it's Kenneth Walker. And the guy that I'm looking to move to get Kenneth Walker is David Montgomery. Um, I think he still has some name cachet. Uh, going into year four of his career, I want Kenneth Walker. Even if I only get middling production out of him this year, I'm fine with that. I, I will take the loss of points per game with Kenneth Walker in 2022, knowing that better times are ahead. You know that Seattle is going to have a ton of draft picks next year. They're going to be bad. They're going to get a QB upgrade. Um, they should. I haven't looked at their salary cap. They should have some – some free agent money with Russell Wilson no longer on the books and multiple draft picks from trading 
Russell Wilson. Um, I'm willing to forego some production in 2022, even on a contender. I'd have to be a little bit deeper to move him, but I'm looking to get Kenneth Walker. Dan, are you pro Kenneth Walker or no? I'm kind of neutral, I guess, on Walker. Um, there are certain things I like about him. Uh, what I mostly hope is that Pete Carroll won't be there long uh, because he runs just such a slow offense that it's it's really tough uh, for any Seattle players to have a ton of value. But overall, he is out of all the Seattle players. Um, him and DK Metcalf are the only two I'm really interested in right now. And so if I can get the right price on Walker, I will take him. Yeah, he, he's on the top of my buy list. He's on both sides of the spectrum for me. Rebuild, productive struggle, contender, I don't care. Because the guy in front of him, I, I'm here to punt the first you know, half of the season if I have to. But I've, I've seen this movie before, and I've seen it too many times. I've seen the JTs. I've seen the Miles Sanders that they start off slow, and the Dynasty GMs out there are just losing their damn mind. They're losing their damn mind, and you can get a nice little deal. But then the guy in front of them gets hurt. Maybe it's Marlon Mack. You know, um, I don't even – I think it was um, Jordan Howard with, with Miles Sanders. And then all of a sudden these guys turn on the, the the Rockets the back half of their rookie years, and in some cases they're league winners. I know Miles Sanders was for sure. He had a seven-game stretch as a rookie that was just a one for the ages – Won me a lot of money. So I'm always going to have a little soft spot for Sanders. So I think uh, Kenny Walker can do the same thing. Now, uh, Dan, I know you're on Twitter quite a bit. You uh, you live the life of uh, luxury and leisure, so you have the time. Uh, I don't know about your timeline on Saturday, but Gabe Davis had a couple of uh, nice catches, including about a 40-some-odd-yard touchdown. And you would have thought it was the playoff game all over again. What are you seeing on Gabe Davis? Uh, have you been acquiring? Uh, you have any shares in best ball in the season? What kind of thoughts can you give me on Mr. Gabriel Davis? Yeah, so uh, best ball wise, he, he has been rather expensive. And up until recently, I have not been willing to pay that price. Um, I'm getting a few shares just to, you know, to have him in the portfolio. Dynasty wise, um, I, I did a startup uh, in June, May, May or June. And um, I, I got myself a, a ninth round startup, Gabe Davis, in a uh, Superflex, and uh, he has appreciated nicely from that point. So I'm I'm very happy about that. But yeah, it's basically with Davis, what we're looking for is that he's going to be playing full time um, as a second wide receiver, which is what he had struggled to do for the first two years. And all signs, I think, really point to the fact that he's going to do that. So. If you've got him, hang on to him. And if you don't have him, and you if there's any way you can get him without uh, giving up an arm and a leg, I would do it. Yeah, I think I'd have to get at least a first round 2023 pick for him. And I, yeah. I know that might sound egregious to some of our more experienced listeners, but I mean, let's just check the box. Good quarterback, check. Good offense, check. Stephon Diggs can't get all the targets. Who's he competing with beyond that? He's competing with um, Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox, the running backs. We have seen in the last handful of times we've seen this, and that's all we can base it on. What have we seen lately? What is his trend line? What is his usage trend line? And it's been very strong. It's been very, very strong. So I don't think I'm going to get a first for him today. So I didn't didn't acquire him for a first. I got him for some thirds and 
you know, I'm cool using him because I do think that in seasonal leagues where you have to hit the submit lineup button, he's going to be a potential week winning wide receiver three for you. You know, uh, I have him in a league, and no reason why I know this because I was talking trade in this league earlier. I've got Cooper Cup as my one, Terry McLaren as my two. This is a must start three wide receiver league. I've got Gabriel Davis. So Cup and McLaren are going to do their things, and Gabe Davis can win me a week. So he's going to be a big part of a lot of my teams. I have quite a bit of Gabriel Davis, but he's really hard to acquire. Um, I wouldn't give a first. I'll tell you, Dan, what I would give if I had to, if I really wanted to acquire a share, I'd give you two seconds. I'd give you my 23 and my 24. Or if you happen to have two 23s, that's fine too, because that's what you're going to get in the 20, 23 second round. You're going to get wide receivers, except wide receivers have about a 50% hit rate. And you've already got one that's pretty much kind of hit. And, and, and has all the boxes checked. So I, I'm good with Gabe Davis. That's how I would acquire him. Last guy I want to talk about a little bit is uh, another polarizing gent, Dan, and that's Mr. Traylon Burks. This guy, um, not my favorite content creator out there, but you got to tip the hat what it's due. If you did not see Matt Kelly from Roto Underworld and his Trayvon, uh, Traylon, excuse me, Burks roller coaster, TikTok, you have missed out. It is it is pure content gold. Find him on Instagram or TikTok or wherever the hell you find him. It is hilarious because it's been a roller coaster. One week, it's great plays. He's beaten DBs to, de- to death. Then he's injured. Then he has asthma. And then most recently, I've uh, actually tweeted these. You can check out at DWZ Memphis. You'll see where he's been in the doghouse with his head coach. A reporter asked uh, Mike Vrabel specifically about Traylon Burks. And, of course, being good coach speak, he didn't direct it at him. He's like, how can I count on you if you're not on the field, if you're not out there taking reps? And then it came out today on Tuesday the 23rd that um, Westbrook, um, he's got got – Nick uh, Westbrook Akina. Akina, yeah. Yes. That guy. He's, he's listed as the second starter behind Robert Woods. So uh, if you have Traylon Burks, hold on. If you ever want to do a, tr- a try to acquire cheap, I'd give the same thing I gave for Gabe Davis. I'd give two seconds. You know, if, if I could get Traylon Burks for a 22 and a, 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 excuse me, a 23 and a 24 second, that's what I'd try to do. But if I already have him, I'm not moving. Dan, what are your thoughts on Burks? Yeah, Burks, I'm definitely in, uh, you know, for the long haul. Um, I, I like the talent, uh, but right now he's uh, he, he's certainly a distressed asset. You could say at the very least, and uh, you know, so you can't expect much out of him if you own him uh, at this point. Uh, early in the season, he probably won't do much. But we got to remember too that like Justin Jefferson was uh, was definitely running with the twos his first year, and uh, for the first couple weeks he barely got used at all, and then all of a sudden they put him on the field and he went nuts and i think burks has that kind of talent that he can do that you know they Vrabel's just got to be willing to live with the mistakes and that's going to be the rub uh if if burks can put together enough highlight plays uh i think Vrabel will be more willing to live to, with the mistakes but i think you'll get a handful of routes um, even as a second or third teamer yeah, he, he's not someone that we're looking to, to get out of, you know, right. like free and, and just get rid of. But 
it's got to be a concern. You know, this is Mike Vrabel, stodgy old. No, he's not old, but at least as in relation to a lot of his peers as head coaches. But he has that defensive-minded head, you know, head coach mentality, and that's got to make you a little bit nervous. My my big thing is is the 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 injuries and like fighting being in shape. It just mm-hmm. it, it feels it feels like he's always going to be uh, below the peak. And now, now, mind you, compared to, the, to the, those of us listening to this podcast, he is going to be in way better shape than 99.99, repeating 9% of this audience. But amongst his peers at the NFL level, it feels like being that elite wide receiver, you know, the way that you think of like a peak Julio Jones or a peak Andre Johnson, or even the way a guy like Cooper Cup takes care of himself. It just makes me nervous. He's had weight issues in the past, knee issues in the past. And I will throw out one last guy because I was tweeting about him is uh, Drake London. My only knock on Drake London is that it was his health. If you go back to his college career, he played eight games, six games, eight games. And he's played like two snaps of preseason action and he's hurt. That has to make you nervous in dynasty. Dan, what's your exposure like in both dynasty and, uh, and seasonal leagues as it relates to London? Um, I'm I'm below par in seasonal leagues. In Dynasty, um, I picked up – I, I have probably, I don't know, a dozen Dynasty teams, and I picked up, I think, two shares of London. Uh, I had Burks ahead of London, so I picked him up, I think, three times. What about you? Did you have Burks or London uh, ranked ahead? I, I had I had London ahead because my only red flag with with London was the health, right? I mean, but but it, it's it's consistent, and I, I know that you know players, you know I am not a big fan. Um, we have a, a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy that you know does content on our network with us. I know he's done some stuff with you guys too over at the Goat District. Kyle Bowser, he's a doctor of physical therapy, and you know he really doesn't believe in players being injury prone. I just it could be part of, you know, he's a young wide receiver. So I have one share out across all my dynasty leagues because I, I, I like to be somewhat exposed to everybody. But, you know, it, it feels like some of these, you know, hiring guys might be setting us up for uh, for a weird season. But just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, I noticed as I was watching the Atlanta game, I didn't see him out there and Pitts was out there. But, you know, if you got a guy with an injury history, you know concerns, and he's got a knee issue already, why push your luck in the preseason? It means nothing. So the real games start in about two weeks, and and uh, we'll we'll talk about it then. So one share, one share. I was never down on him. I was just down on the the injury risk associated with him. So all right, we're going to transition to a couple of trade questions, and that's going to be the focus of the show. So Jerry and I will be doing. You know, that last bit of news, camps, cuts, trades, anything that comes out of camp in the final preseason games this coming weekend, we're going to cover that on next week's show. Then we're going to be covering just trades. Um, This concept came from me being frustrated with other dynasty content creators that just tell you who to go get. And then when they do give you trade advice, it feels like it's really unrealistic, like not very useful and if you go and offer these deals in your league, it just kind of feels like you get a smack in the face. So we're gonna ha- we're gonna ask four questions. Actually, we're gonna ask three questions, and then we're gonna take one from the people. So what what we're gonna do is I'm, so I'm gonna ask Dan. I'm gonna let Dan go first. 
Um, the first one is, is pretty important because it's what would it take? So what would it take? And what, what I'm going to ask Dan is, is what would it take for you to move a true dynasty superstar? And Dan's from Minnesota. He is somewhat of a Vikings fan, I think. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't I, live and die by him anymore. Um, I, I prefer to get my own titles. So since the Vikings have never gotten me one. Wow. Uh, so in honor of you being here, I want to know, Dan, what would it take? What would it take for you to trade Justin Jefferson if you already got him on your roster? Now, you can do, you can go hypothetical. You can share a real roster. Whatever you got. What would it take for you to move Justin Jefferson? I, I mean, the short answer is going to be uh, the equivalent of three firsts, for sure. That's for where I'm going to start with. Um, you know, if I could get like a CD Lamb and a first and a second or uh, CD Lamb and a couple late firsts, something like that, uh, that that I would definitely move him for. But, I, you know, there's very few trades that I would want to make where I'd move Jefferson. So for me, um, I brought this up for you, but I actually have him in a league. And I put him on the block, and I won't name the – it's a content creator's league. I won't name the content creator. I think everybody knows him. But we went back and forth, and it's tight end premium. And uh, my initial offer, because he was really about getting Justin Jefferson for me. Now, mind you, I do have Cooper Cup in this league. I do have Terry McLaren in this league, and I have Justin Jefferson in this league. I I'm really stacked at wide receiver in this league. So moving Justin Jefferson does not kill this roster. I still have a very strong wide receiver one in Cup. Still have a very strong wide receiver two in McLaurin. And I have some other wide receivers on this. So it does not fracture my build. This particular GM had Mark Andrews. It's a 1.75 tight end premium league. And he had Mark Andrews. And I offered him Justin Jefferson for Andrews and two firsts. Now, we don't know where these first are going to shake out. I just treat them all as if they're mids. They're going to be like that 105 to 108 range. And if they're better, great. If they're worse, fine. It's part of me, you know, trading for first, especially, you know, out of season. But was I was I a little heavy-handed with wanting two first and Mark Andrews given the format? I don't think the Andrews owner is going to take that. But as the Jefferson owner, I, I, I applaud that deal. <laughs> You know, I I know I, I didn't actually send the offer, so I can't say that he said yes or no. Um, I do have a guy that I'm pretty high on as like a, like an upside tight end because really outside of tight end, if you don't have like one of the top five or six guys, you're really just hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. I like I'm not the biggest best ball player. Uh, I do play in some redraft like this year. If I don't wind up with one of the best, you know, tight ends, top six tight ends, I'm like screw it, just give me Austin Hooper. I'll, I'll gladly take a, an Austin Hooper type and I'll just figure out what happens in like a seasonal league. I think, I think Austin Hooper is one of my hot takes. I actually think he finishes in the top six at the position for, for tight end, given the offense and the competition for targets. But I didn't, what I should have done or what I could have done, Dan, was I could have thrown in like, a, like an Adam Troutman. I think that might have been the sweetener that would have gotten the deal done. You know, would yeah. it be the, gave the other GM some hope that, Hey, if this guy hits, then I can really win this deal. Yeah. You would probably need to throw something back that way uh, to, to kind of help smooth it out a little bit, I think, but yeah, that's it. And that's a good point. And just to, uh, to piggyback on what you were saying about tight ends and, and having a top six or, you know, punt it. 
that's that's exactly the right strategy because the thing is is you you know you can get by with a you know a tight end eight nine ten eleven something like that but you're losing ground against those top six so definitely you want to pay as little as possible to get that you know back end tight end one so whatever you can do to pay as little as possible for that that's the way to do it um you know and and austin hooper is a is a great way to do it you know, and, and if you're playing best ball, like I said, you know, go over to underdog, use promo code district and, you know, go, go get you like a, like a three pack of guys like Mo Alley Cox, Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper. I guarantee you that will, you'll get those guys so late in those drafts, it will allow you to really layer and stack up at the wide receiver at the running back position. And, and that might be a bit of wish casting or wish drafting, if you will, at the tight end position. But if you wound up with either two or three of those guys, you know, in a best ball, any one of those guys is capable of giving you, you know, six for 60 and two touchdowns on any given week. So the upside is certainly there. Um, another segment we're going to do in, in the new war on trades, we're going to call it the war on dynasty trades to be specific. Well, Dan, in this country, in America, we declare war on everything, right? You know, there was the war on drugs. We've lost that one. The war on crime, not so sure. Uh, but but anyway, so we're declaring war on dynasty trades. Now, this next one's called It's a Seller's Market. You know, about six months ago, before the Fed raised interest rates here on home lending and, and mortgages in the, in the U.S., the especially like in certain areas of the country, the real estate market was on fire. And that's the time when they call it a seller's market. So, Dan, who's a dynasty asset or a player that you're looking to offload because it's a seller's market, a guy that um, getting a lot of Twitter buzz or you're seeing a lot of camp buzz and a guy you're looking to offload because you think it's just all a bunch of smoke? Well, a uh, couple guys. We'll, we'll start off with one that I think uh, might shock people, but I'd be looking to unload Joe Burrow. I think uh, he had a lot of touchdown luck last year. Everything kind of flowed right for him. I think that they do want to um, to use the running game a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be a great quarterback. But the thing is, what you can get for Burrow, you know, you could you can sell off Burrow and you could pick up, um, you know, you could pick up Dak Prescott plus something. You could pick up uh, Trey Lance plus something probably Jalen Hurts plus something if you believe in Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, so you can you can take a guy like uh, Burrow and you can get yourself a quarterback that has an equal chance to get into those top six quarterbacks and something else. And that's the kind of trades I'm looking to make. Well, you, you, you hit on one of mine. I, I absolutely love Dak. I love any time. Now, I know there's concerns about his weapons, not being what they were, and, and it's it's really misleading. A lot of uh, national media and the dynasty space have been going back to this Dax splits without Amari Cooper. That's not really fair because that was like three years ago. I think Dak has matured and grown a lot as a quarterback, and he's still going to have C.D. Lamb. He's still going to have Dalton Schultz. He's still going to have the running backs, and I I really like. I really like Jalen Tolbert quite a bit. I'm not going to spend too much time on, on Tolbert, but I'll tell you a guy that if if I were moving Joe Burrow, Dan, because we did not prep this beforehand, I'd go look at Kirk Cousins oh, or Derek yeah. Carr. 
Both these guys have just restructured or redone their deals. They're going to be in their current situation. And I think Kirk Cousins, for the first time since he had Kyle Shanahan at Washington, has an offensive-minded head coach. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Matthew Stafford, but that's the offense they're going to be running. Imagine Kirk Cousins in that Matthew Stafford role and Justin Jefferson in that Cooper Cup role, and you're looking at a big, fat Yahtzee, a big, fat Bonanza, a big, fat Bingo. And if I can get Kirk Cousins, and I think I think in a Superflex League, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic giving the popularity of Joe Burrow, not only as a dynasty asset, but just as a dude, because he's a super cool dude. But there's been rumor that he had, you know, meniscus knee injury coming out of the Super Bowl. Like if that game, if that injury had happened before the half, he may not have made it back for the second half. Um, and, and he did. He did kind of catch a lightning bolt at the end of the season and really came on strong. And if I can get a guy that – this is what I'm always going to look at in season. I'm going to ask myself, okay, what's my build look like? How many years am I going to be contending? Can Kirk Cousins give me this and I can stash something for the future? Because, you know, if you need a QB, next year's rookie draft and Superflex is going to do it. There's five to six first-round projected NFL QBs, and there's teams out there that's going to need them. So, But if I could move Joe Burrow and get a first uh, with a Kirk Cousins back, I'll do it. And Kirk Cousins is so milk toast and boring, Dan, I think you could do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because that's that's exactly the thing. With Burrow, you're selling the swag. No, we, we are on the same page there. The guy that I'm selling is a uh, seller's market is Tua. I've never been a Tua guy. Um, I was listening to Straight Out of Vegas. As I have more and more going on professionally and personally, I don't listen to that many dynasty or fantasy-related podcasts anymore. It's a bummer. I wish I had more time. I just don't. But I love Straight Out of Vegas and that um, they, on the Monday, the 22nd edition of their podcast, they were quoting Tua stats. That in his career, he's had one touchdown, one where the balls traveled over 30 yards in the air. And his average um, yards per attempt last year was 32nd out of 34 eligible QBs last year. It's, it's a Chad Penning. For those of you old enough to remember, it's a Chad Pennington offense. For those of you that, that need a more uh, recent re- refresher, it's a Jared Goff in L.A. with the Rams offense. It's a dink and dunk. Now, it's great that he's got Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki and Tyreek Hill. That's speed, 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 speed. you got Raheem Mostert in the backfield. Speed. It's great. These guys can take a five-yard slant, 68 yards for a touchdown. It can happen. But you're, you're really, really, really at the end of the day still getting the Hawaiian version of Jared Goff. That's what you're getting. Uh, and I will tell you, he is on a list of guys. I had this conversation with one of our pa- Patreons named Peyton earlier today. There's a handful of guys that if they don't play well in 2022, they'll get replaced. And Tua is firmly on that list. Now, he can play real well and he can cement the job. But I, I think they're going to look as the season goes on and that, is the team carrying Tua or is Tua carrying the team? And that's why the Rams got rid of Goff. The team was carrying Goff as opposed to Goff carrying the team, which is kind of what Joe Burrow does for the Bengals. So I'm looking to move Tua. Dan, are you a Tua guy? Um, what would you take for Tua? I would add I would add to Tua to go get Derek Carr. Maybe I could get maybe I could get him straight up. 
Yeah, so Tua, um, I, I think the team is definitely carrying Tua rather than vice versa, as you were saying. And, um, you know, I I don't have Tua anywhere. Um, I just never did believe in him. And so, you know, as to what I would take for him, I mean, honestly, if you can, if you can get uh, Davis Mills plus, um, I think I would take that. If you can get uh, Mac Jones plus, I would take that. Let me let me throw one at you that, that might curl your hair a little bit. If I could get Jared Goff plus, ooh. If I could, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, no one wants to hear it, and people will call me a hater. And maybe they're right, kinda. But what's the difference between Tua and and Jared Goff? I mean, yeah, the wide receiving talent's a little bit better. But Jamison Williams comes back. I get Jamison Williams. Amon Ross St. Brown, who I loved coming into the season. After seeing him on Hard Knocks, I love him even more. I got TJ Hawkinson. I got DJ Chark. I got DeAndre Swift. I, you know, I, I they're very comparable guys, except I got a better offensive line. And probably a less tough, as a matter of fact, I know a less tough defend, division, especially defensively. Buffalo is going to have a good defense. New England is going to have a good defense. And... I would like to think that under a defensive-minded head coach like Robert Sala, they're going to have a better defense. So, I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but if I could go offer Jared Goff, and hell, I'd even throw in a third. I'll give you Jared Goff and a third for two and a first. I, I, I think someone may give me that, and I'll, I'll take I'll take Goff and a first for two and a third. Would you do that? Would you take that as the two GM? Yeah, I think so. If you can if you can get that first thrown in, that's definitely the way to go. Um, you know, and, and as you said, you know, basically they're the exact same quarterback and, uh, both of them are really loaded up in there with their offense. So I I'm all aboard with that one. Yeah. Cause, cause if, if Tua falls even moderately flat, I mean, they were ready to replace him with Tom Brady this year. I mean, you can say that speculation, but the dolphins got fined a first round pick and a shitload of money over the whole Tom Brady fiasco. So it's real. It's real. They they flirted with Tom Brady. They flirted with Deshaun Watson. It is clear that someone high up in that organization, that's the owner, that's the guy who signs the checks, is not infatuated with Tua. And if he does not have a gangbuster season, make the playoffs, and I think he may get swallowed up in the fact that he plays in the AFC. Tons of good teams. The entire AFC West could make the playoffs. Uh, Indy or Tennessee has to make the playoffs just based on the fact that someone will win the division and the AFC North is loaded. So it's going to be incredibly hard. And I think I heard, if I remember this correctly, that Miami has the second toughest strength of schedule in the NFL this year. So it's going to be on Tua to win a lot of games. And if he comes up short, his time in Miami could be cut short. But Dan, speaking of time cut short, we're going to cut our time short, man. It's we're right about the hour mark. Uh, I want to give you a minute to, uh, again, talk about all the good stuff that you and uh, I, I want to make sure I call out names because they're my boys too. JD uh, at Goat District and my boy Theo. If you love the Sopranos and fantasy football, and you, you probably do because you listen to this podcast and I love the Sopranos. If you look over my shoulder, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see a picture of Tony Soprano. You have to follow Theo at the OG fantasy. So I know you guys are doing a bunch of great stuff over at the district. Uh, give us one last recap of the show and what nights we can find you and what kind of content you got going. 
Yeah, so you can you can find us on a variety of nights. I mean, we've we've really kind of gone away from doing any one particular night. Uh, we usually have two to three shows a week, sometimes four, like this week. We'll even throw in some daytime shows. So um, lots of good stuff going on. We had uh, Pat Corain. We have um, we have let's see uh, Scott Pianowski coming up tomorrow. We had uh, Jacob Sanderson on uh, earlier today and. Next week, we're going to have, uh, looks like probably Dwayne McFarland from Pro Football Focus. Uh, so just a, a, a lot of great analysts on. And we'll be talking about fantasy from, from pretty much every direction. So uh, make sure you tune in if you get a chance. Yeah, if, if you're, you're looking for, now these guys will start shifting more to the, the dynasty in-season content. Right now, they're just trying to get you all the way up to the wire, to the, the opening week kickoff with as much best ball and redraft content. And these guys play high stakes. I won't say how much. I don't want to embarrass my guest, but uh, he plays deep. He he plays, uh, and, and he walks it like he talks it. Um, he's a must follow on Twitter. Um, he's not snarky. Sorry, Dan, you're just not snarky. You're not a hot take artist. Um, you post a lot of draft boards and live streams and like little little snippets, if you will, of drafts you're actually doing. You're actually showing them how the sausage is made. You're telling them how you make the sausage on the Goat District podcast. Then on your Twitter feed, you're doing a really great job of like that how-to and their YouTube channel is a must. Just search Goat District everywhere. You'll find the guys and you'll find Dan at Overhyped Sleeper. Drop the last E in Sleeper. And you'll find Dan. Man, thank you so much for bailing me out. I'll tell Jerry he owes you. He's a central time zone guy now. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, since he's moved to Iowa, I guess uh, definitely would be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see if I can find a way to uh, go down there. And uh, me and Jerry are gonna have to do some drinks since he's not that far away anymore. So, so what is a drive from like Des Moines, from like the the Minneapolis area where you're at? It's about three and a half hours. Oh hell, that's that's better than Indy to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. People in Indy will lie to you. They will tell you that it's three hours to Chicago. No, it's not. It's three <laughs> hours to Gary, and then another hour to Chicago. So, uh, but I, I trust Dan with driving directions, and I trust Dan to have him on the podcast, talking redraft, talking best ball, talking dynasty. Um, please support the show. Head over to Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone and if you're not ready to support us with your wallet cool leave us a five-star review subscribe on youtube um these are all things that you can do that support the show help the network and we are finalizing our in season roster we're going to have content six days a week um one thing you're going to find is that with the dynasty show we're going to have a lot more content focused around dynasty trades and really like kind of what dan and i do tonight it's great for Dan and I to say, well, you should go trying to sell Justin Jefferson in a, in a dynasty league. Cool. What should I ask for? How should I approach the offer? When should I do it? How should I do it? It's the, the who, what, when, where, how that Jerry and I are really going to focus on in season. And then we're going to be doing a little bit more with our redraft buddy at Mr. Uh, Kyle August at Kyle month eight. But anyway, uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for watching. And remember, on behalf of Dan, my name is Memphis, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. It's Hate Brand Goods.
That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You- when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak